0: Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Dave Clawson of Wake Forest will join us live in about 30 minutes at 7-3. The Demon Deacons, who are hosting Duke on Saturday, still have a shot at what would be just the second 10-win season in the history of that program. Devastated, of course, by no surprise to lose at Clemson, but to get demolished by the Tigers the way they were at Death Valley. We'll see how the Deeks bounce back against the Blue Devils. Dave Clawson in 30 minutes. David Cutcliffe joining us now. The 12th year Duke coach always drops by to talk life and sports and football and his Blue Devils. He was the National Coach of the Year six years ago. Two-time ACC Coach of the Year at Duke. The SEC Coach of the Year during his time at Ole Miss. His Devils heading to Wake Forest for a Saturday night special. It'll be an ACC Network game at 7.30 in Winston-Salem. Coach Cutt, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you?
1: Hey, David, I'm fine. I'm I'm living life. You know, um, when things are going great and you're exhilarated, I guess you know you're alive. But I've learned uh, through 44 years of coaching, when it really, really gets tough, you not only know you're alive, you know what you're made of. And I mean that. That sounds like a cliche, but it's not. I was telling our coaches in 1988, uh, we went 0 and 6 to start the season at Tennessee. Mm. And uh, you want to talk about a gut check, but more importantly, you start seeing the people around you and you know who's in, who's not. And end up being a lot of guys left that staff, a few players left that team. We went from 0 and 6 to 5 and 0 that season to 11 and 1 the next year. Wow. And um I, I really believe that the 11-1 team would not have happened if it hadn't been for the 0-6. Um, or it was, it was interesting to see who fought harder instead of less, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. I don't know anything about a William A. Ward from the Pages of History, but you tweeted one of his quotes with a Duke football photo earlier this week. Adversity causes some men to break others to break records, which kind of backs up the story you just told there. Tell us, Coach, how far does that extend? We, we, I think anybody who's been at athletics at any level, really, that takes it semi-seriously knows the basics of teammates bailing on you or sometimes coaches. Um, Do you know who your friends are in an even bigger way than that, you know, among fans and those on campus, et cetera? I don't
1: think there's any question that that's the real case of athletics and and not being critical of of anyone and you know I got I got fired at Ole Miss um, and what what you found out was who maybe liked you or cared for you because of who you are not what you did Uh, there's a huge significant change in those settings Um, I haven't seen you know a lot of people quote around here at all that jump off the bandwagon. I think that uh, you can, I think, without doubt, at Tennessee we did. Uh, In 87, we won what, nine or 10 games, you know, and then nobody expected this. But what you do is you absolutely learn who you seriously can count on. And that old saying about knowing who you want to get in the foxhole with, it doesn't take very long. Uh, Four-game losing streak, six-game losing streak—it's it, it, there's a reveal, I guess, the way you would maybe say it. And the one thing I think people, you know, when when it's when when life's bad, and I've had personal life issues starting when I was very very young, you know, there's nothing worse than the death of family members. That's a whole different level. But what when you are at your most difficult times it's okay to be good you don't have to choose to look miserable woe is me is not the right choice so man I'm energized I'm fine people keep asking me how are you I mean I look and there's something wrong with me that I can't see (laughs) Um, but but I I think that's always a choice I certainly don't like it But I don't have to act like I don't like it, if that makes sense.
0: Sure. David Cutcliffe is joining us. He's on Twitter, at David Cutcliffe. His Duke team heads to Wake to take on the Deke Saturday night, 730, in Winston-Salem. Coach, I know that there's a chance your answer to this question, which will sound like an excuse, and you are not an excuse maker. But since Duke is facing Wake, I ask you to just paint a picture about how academics work in big-time college football because you and Coach Clausen are very proud of your universities, as you should be. You talk about young men making, you know, 40- and 50-year decisions instead of four- or five-year decisions. But we live in a world where even if Stanford is occasionally great in college football or Northwestern occasionally, we don't see Stanford or Northwestern or Duke or Wake Forest or Vanderbilt or especially the private universities that have the highest academic standards. We don't really see them competing for national titles. I wonder if you saw, you know, 25 prospects that talent-wise you'd love to have, is there some percentage of those that you know just would not get the green light from the Duke admissions department or the Wake admissions department? How different is that from school to school? Because I know that Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State and LSU are not being told that guys who meet the NCAA minimums are not allowed to enroll at their universities.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's – It would be at least 50% and I I have to view it as an advantage because we want to go after the elite player who is the more elite qualified student and when you get enough of those on your team uh, you you got a chance at really being special but I'm gonna I'm gonna mention something to you to see if you agree Um, so college football and the FBS level, I don't know what it is now, somewhere around 132 teams, you may know the number, but every time you turn on the television, uh, you hear the term, who's in. Yeah, That's the only term you hear. It's the only conversation, and we're really, I I looked the other day, I'd say maybe 15 teams are in that conversation at the beginning of any given year for the most part some close but no they're, they're not and um, I think that's not college football that's part of it, is all it is there's a purpose for us and it sits right where it should be uh, changing lives and not I'm not talking about degrees all our guys get degrees but educations that we get so I don't, I don't want to see that get lost. Do yeah. I want to believe and dream that we can win a national championship? Absolutely. Doesn't mean it's not a goal. Right. But it's not the purpose of every program or the only purpose. Once we hit that, then aren't we professional at that point? Yeah.
0: It's one of my favorite things about college sports, Coach, to be honest. I mean, it's one of the reasons I'm still covering it 33 years later. When people say at cocktail parties that, you know, college sports are this or that, and and they fail to see the bigger picture – I actually get aggravated. you could probably picture Philly Dave you know getting aggravated at yeah. the cocktail party because I just I've just been around enough coaches and schools and athletes to know that uh, yeah there's more than one thing on the list of goals uh, even if some fans don't always see that yeah um, and
1: I understand I mean I think the younger generation has been marketed that way that all they know. Is, is a playoff, and I'm not against the playoffs. I think it's great. It's been great for college football, and but it doesn't involve a lot of programs, let's face it. Yeah. One, um, you know, that's part of it. I mean, literally, maybe 15, maybe.
0: One quick thing outside the football world, because you were the mentor to that Peyton Manning guy at Tennessee, yep. you also know well a guy who's in the baseball headlines right now, Todd Helton. Is on the Baseball Hall of Fame ballot, and I think you shared once a story about not a figurative briefcase filled with money, but wasn't there a literal briefcase filled with money when Major League Baseball came calling for Todd
1: Helton when he was the backup QB? Absolutely, we had we were in camp, so he hadn't attended class, but we're in two-a-days. That's what you called it back then. We don't have them anymore, right. but so we have a night meeting, and there's no Todd. I'm like, do y'all know where Todd is? They are zipper mouth. Nobody says a word. So the two days before class starting, I didn't know this was a rule. Major League Baseball could have come. They can still go get him, you know, the out of high school. If you attend class, then they have to wait three years, right? right. So Todd's grandmother calls me. She says, Coach, there's three men out here. From the San Diego Padres, that's who had drafted him out of high school. They have a suitcase of money. so I don't know how much it is, but they keep putting it in front of his face. Wow. And she said, you better get out here in a hurry. So I did go out there. I called his mother and father on the way. And thank goodness that I, he, he was, the, I think, the first player taken in the second round out of high school. But what I, what I tried to tell his mother and father, his parents, I said, I think we're going to do a better job of developing him. He's going to be able to play baseball, play football. We're going to feed him. We're going to put him to bed. We're going to have a curfew. Uh, we're going to encourage him. We're going to help him. We're going to strength train him year-round. You become a minor league ball player, he's hanging around a bunch of people that there's no God knows what he's doing. And so... That wanted out was the development, and it worked because he was the fourth player taken in the first round by the Rockies out of his after his third year in college. And um, I'm just texting with Todd last week prior to all this. If you want to see me get Alabama angry, <laughs> if he doesn't get in, because yeah. he ain't got a dang thing to do with Kurt Coors Field when you hit that many singles and doubles, right? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So I don't want to hear that mess. <laughs> yeah. And if you look up all you listeners, if you're baseball fans look up uh, top 25 guys in doubles, top 25 guys in lifetime batting average, all of these things and a gold glove first baseman. Come on, man. <laughs> you know, and God wasn't, you know, it wasn't always playing for penance. And so you have to just have a lot of personal pride. Um, I used to go to his house. We'd watch film of pictures. Um, You know, I mean, he was awesome. Uh, He was such a dedicated baseball player and has such a deep love for the game that I hope that happens.
0: Last thing for David Cutcliffe as he takes his Blue Devils to Wake Forest, you know the deal to get bowl eligible again, and you guys have been to, what, six in the last seven years. Yep. You got to beat a good Wake team that has seven wins already. You got to beat a good Miami team that's trying to tie for the the coastal title. Uh, That is not an easy road, and as we speak, Coach, I don't see a lot of criticism of you for the most part over 12 years, but I I've seen some Duke fans, you know, ask whether you made a false assumption about this year's quarterback or your offensive staff, et cetera. Are you, are you more of the mindset, you know, that at least people care that that what yeah,
1: absolutely. That's part of the love of our, of our game. And it's, it's good that, that people care and that people have some passion and expectation for Duke football. Um, you know we're we're going to play one game at a time uh but you know people i don't make excuses people don't know the circumstances surrounding any of it they also don't always know what you think yeah you, you know uh so it's an interesting thing when people do compare that i'm not complaining believe me i i 44 years i've been called a lot of names <laughs> a lot of them to my face yeah. you know so Been there and done that. I think the thing, and I tell all the players, I tell Daniel Jones every week, focus on your work, not what other people think of your work. Um, Once you learn that, you know, you you can last in this business a long time. Good
0: life advice, as usual, from David Cutcliffe of Duke. Good luck against the Demon Deacons, Coach. Thanks for dropping by. Thanks,
1: David. Take care. You
0: too. David Cutcliffe, 12th year at Duke. Dave Clawson, 6th year at Wake Forest. Coach Clawson will be on the other sideline on Saturday night. He'll drop by here on the David Glenn Show in about 15 minutes. Your calls are on the other side, 1-800-849-2761. Here's what's on our agenda. Ask yourself if you have a question or comment about any of these. Week 12 in the NFL kicks off tonight. Jacoby Brissett and the Colts visiting Deshaun Watson and the Texans. That's your Thursday night pro game. The winner will be 7-4, and four, the AFC South leader, and in good playoff position. The loser, not so much, not out of the picture, but closer to that middling 5-5 five and five Carolina Panthers territory, for example, in the NFC. College football, week 13 continues tonight. NC State is at Georgia Tech, just as Duke needs to win out to get to a bowl. NC State needs to win out to get to a a bowl, so you got to beat the Yellow Jackets at their place tonight just to make that game against Carolina in Raleigh matter in terms of bowl eligibility. More on that with your questions and comments and my thoughts, of course, as well. The rest of the college football weekend is led by that Penn State-Ohio State matchup, but Georgia hosts Texas A&M, Oklahoma hosts TCU, and in ACC country, Pitt and Virginia Tech are both still alive in the race to Charlotte to face Clemson for the ACC title. The Panthers and the Hokies go head-to-head on Saturday just as Duke faces Wake. Boston College takes on Notre Dame. The Tar Heels are in non-conference play against Mercer. Of course, Mack Brown and company need to win that game against that FCS opponent just to make its trip to Raleigh matter more in terms of bowl eligibility. You can't get to six wins against the Wolfpack unless you get to five wins against Mercer on Saturday. College basketball includes both the Devils and the Heels as well. Carolina beat Elon last night. It was close, longer than expected before the Tar Heels pulled away in the second half. Number one Duke is at Madison Square Garden to face Cal tonight and they will have either Georgetown or Texas tomorrow in the second part of that doubleheader. The Canes are facing the Flyers tonight. I'm bringing the Elon 7 a.m. tailgate guys to that game after taking them out to dinner. The Actually, both teams right now are in playoff position your Carolina Hurricanes are actually in fourth place in the Eastern Conference. That's certainly the neighborhood you want to be in after about the quarter poll of the NHL regular season. The most important or interesting things that I saw in the NBA over the last 24 hours are also on our mind. You can jump in with your question or comment. And then we led the day with a question of the day involving Eric Weddle of the NFL. He played the last three years with the Ravens. He's now with the L.A. Rams. The Rams host the Ravens on Monday Night Football this week. Eric Weddle told his Rams coaches and teammates, I'm not telling you guys anything about the Baltimore Ravens. That has struck some people the wrong way. Perhaps, we don't know, even the people who sign Eric Weddle's paychecks to try to help the Rams win games. He has a two-year deal with L.A. worth about $10 million, But as his coach, Sean McVay, says, such things are up to each individual player. There's no NFL rule against giving the goods on your former team to your current team. Eric Weddle so thoroughly enjoyed his three years with the Ravens that he was quoted yesterday saying, what kind of man would I be if I just turned my back on all of those guys? He's doing all the other preparation for Baltimore and Lamar Jackson and the Ravens come to town, but he's not treating the Ravens any differently than he would any other opponent, and he is certainly not sharing any intel with his L.A. Rams teammates, as remember, L.A.'s season is hanging in the balance, folks. They're only 6-4. and four. The Ravens, you may have seen, are one of the best teams in the NFL. If I'm one of Weddell's teammates, man, I want to know all I can about Lamar Jackson's tendencies or the Ravens' defense's tendencies as he was a part of those defenses over the last three years. He says, no way, Jose. Some people love the idea, and I certainly can't criticize his intentions. Some people think it's just missing the bottom line. You're getting paid to win football games, dude. Don't forget that when you collect your paycheck. You can be next with your question and comment at 1-800-849-2761. Dave Clawson of Wake Forest later this hour. Last call for phone calls is next at 1-800-849-2761 on The David Glenn Show. Megan Rapino is joining us on The David Glenn Show. Not everybody wants to sort of uh, back up Colin Kaepernick. Why are things like that important to you?
1: I think it's all of our responsibility to try to make our country and our society and ultimately the world um, a place that is equal for everyone.
0: This is The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Darren, I won't put you on the spot right now because I like you, and I just went through an entire commercial break where (laughs) I I could have given you a heads up and then given you time to think about something, but I am not an evil guy along those lines. So I will not ask you right now, what is one of the most eye-opening moments for you when one of our guests said something where you reacted as if, I cannot believe that that guest just said what he or she said. So think about that, because I won't put you on the spot. But the visit with David Cutcliffe and the upcoming visit with Dave Clawson, along with our conversation about have you noticed especially small private universities with the highest academic standards are rarely even in the picture of college football national championships. Whereas in college basketball, and frankly, if you look at schools like Stanford or Duke or Carolina, Carolina, of course, is a public university, but also top 30, according to the U.S. News and World Report, there are plenty of athletic departments at schools that may be small or private with high academic standards they're not having trouble sometimes winning it all in basketball i mean coach k has five ncaa titles at duke right stanford wins the all sports uh, competition virtually every year when they give you x number of points for how far and how much you achieved in this sport and that sport but in those such things What you did in swimming matters just as much as what you did in football, even if most of America pays a lot of attention to the football and almost no attention to the swimming. So clearly, college sports success at the highest level is possible, even at the places with the highest academic standards. One of my most unforgettable moments where I thought to myself, I can't believe our guest just said what he said on the air. It was long before you joined me. Do you even know the name Carl Franks? Would you know that Carl Franks was a former Duke football coach and one of David Cutcliffe's predecessors? I I recognize the name as a Duke coach. Other than that, I know nothing. To be blunt, from the late 80s when Steve Spurrier was the Duke coach to the last 12 years when David Cutcliffe has been the Duke coach, there wasn't a whole lot of reason to pay any attention to Duke football. In between, seriously, and that's over a long period, and I'm just being real with you. Fred Goldsmith had one good team. Otherwise, man, the 90s and the earlier part of the 2000s, they were truly one of the worst programs on earth, and they would go like 0-11 or 1-11 and stuff, and Carl Franks was the head coach for a while, and he said on our airwaves... Hey, DG, when it comes to that academic stuff, I asked him a question somewhat similar to what I asked David Cutcliffe there. What was his answer? Like more than 50% of the athletes, he likes their talent. There's no way he can get them into Duke. Yeah, he said at least 50%. All right, well, duh, I wonder why we don't have more of these high, high academic private universities competing for such things in football. And Carl Franks gave us part of the answer to why it hasn't stopped Coach K at Duke, and I couldn't believe he said it out loud. He goes, D.G., think about it. If I need three extreme academic exceptions a year, and Coach K needs three extreme academic exceptions a year, guess what? If K gets three, it might be 100% of his basketball recruiting class, and if I get three as the Duke football coach, that's three out of 25. Think about it. If K has 13 scholarship players, I don't know the exact number, but it might be more than half the roster. Got those special exceptions academically at a an upstanding private university like Duke. And in the sport of football, of course, if you're only getting 3 out of 25 a year, Carl Franks is like, "Yeah, 3 for football and 3 for men's basketball sounds fair." Until you realize it's 100% of some of K's recruiting classes. And it's, you know, 12%, three out of 25 for our football signing class at Duke. I-, I knew he thought that. All coaches think that. The fact that he said it out loud on our show, I have a feeling you hear to call from his athletic director in the aftermath, and I'm pretty sure he wasn't the Duke football coach for much longer after that appearance here on the David Glenn Show. We hope to not jinx people that way, and that includes our next guest, Dave Clausen of Wake Forest, maybe in the midst of one of the most successful seasons in Wake football history. The Deeks host the Devils on Saturday night in Winston-Salem. Coach Clausen live next on the David Glenn Show. Coach Lou Holtz is joining us. What can you tell us about those
1: four seasons in Raleigh? Everybody from North Carolina calling us Boo You and Agriculture You. And I remember walking in the press conference saying, I want everybody in the state to understand agriculture is better than no culture.
0: Stay with us on the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Our next guest is the six-year head coach at Wake Forest. At 7-3, and three, the Deacons still have a shot at what would be just the second 10 or more win season in the history of the program. They are back from Clemson where things went poorly. They host Duke where they hope things go swimmingly well. Dave Claussen, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. It's great to have you, Coach. Since it is two outstanding but small private universities going head-to-head, we asked David Cutcliffe to summarize for us. In a world where fine institutions like Northwestern and Duke and Vanderbilt and others do a lot of great things but are typically not in the football national title picture, we asked him when he sees great talent without seeing anything else about the prospect – How often does he later find out that because of academics he can't recruit somebody? And he said it's more than half the time. I know you don't use this as an excuse at Wake Forest, and he doesn't at Duke. But can you paint that picture for us because it seems important?
2: Well, I I think it's more than the grades. We asked the big picture of, um, you know, is the kid committed to graduating? Uh, Does he fit at Wake Forest academically? And the other piece of it is does he fit here from a character standpoint? And I would agree with Coach Cutcliffe that certainly when you throw the character piece in there, it probably eliminates two-thirds to three-quarters of the recruits. Mm. Um, but I don't look at that as a negative. I look at it as a positive is we get to coach some really special, outstanding, smart, high-character people at Wake Forest. And I'm sure he feels the same way about the kids he gets to coach at Duke. So I look at that as a positive that we get the uh, the cream of the crop.
0: Speaking of those adjectives you just threw out there, your wide receiver, Sage Surratt, certainly would fit that description. Semi-finalist for the Bolitnikoff Award before his injury, uh, you know, in the running for virtually every great award that might be out there in his neighborhood anyway. Uh, It is a violent sport. You deal with injuries all the time. Just tell us from a human perspective, uh, what was your interaction like with your star player as he learned not too, too long ago? that uh, this season, as special it is, came came to an end because of an unfortunate injury?
2: You know, th- that's hard for any player, uh, especially someone as competitive as Sage, who was having the type of year he was. But you remind him that, you know, th- they should have no regrets. I mean, he got hurt playing the game he loves. Um, it's not like, like he did something foolish off campus or... Uh, was doing something irresponsible and then it's part of playing football, and this is an injury he'll come back from. Um, and he'll be stronger and smarter and, and set him up, himself up to have an even better year next year. So it's unfortunate. I think you know, I think all of us uh, when we heard the news, he was out for the year threw a little pity party for ourselves because we certainly uh, feel better playing these games with Sage. But I feel terrible for him, and I, I think we went three or four days. You know, we talked every day, and then I had dinner with him on Monday. Um, and he, he's a glass-half-full type of guy, and, and he'll he'll be fine, and he'll come back, and he'll be better than ever.
0: Wake Forest coach Dave Clausen is joining us on the David Glenn Show. You can follow Coach on Twitter, at Coach Klaassen. Uh, several of your ACC colleagues over the years, Coach, including right now Mack Brown at North Carolina – They have come up with variations of like a state championship. And as you host the Duke Blue Devils on Saturday, you already have wins head-to-head over the Tar Heels and head-to-head over the NC State Wolfpack. Have you ever, you know, officially, unofficially, or in conversations with your players or fans talked about anything like a state championship, even though, of course, you don't always play teams like an App State or an ECU or some of the others?
2: we don't talk about a state championship. We talk about the big four championship. Uh, You know, there's four power five schools in the state of North Carolina. And one of the reasons that we were very aggressive in wanting to schedule Carolina is we think that should be an important part of Wake Forest football is is playing NC state Duke and Carolina as often as we can. Um, So we don't talk about the state championship because, you know, we don't, Play Gardner Webb, and, and we don't play North Carolina A&T, and we don't play uh, App or East Carolina. Um, but to say that, hey, we've played all of the in-state Power Five schools, and we, we we told our kids one of our goals this year is is to win the Big Four championship. And because we've scheduled all three of these games, you have that opportunity. So it is very very important to our players, our coaches, uh, our institution um, to, to win those games. And, and so far we're two for two and the challenge is now to go three for three.
0: You were seven and one and a bit healthier. Now you're seven and three and more beat up. Uh, what did you learn about your team in those losses at Virginia tech and at Clemson? And where do you go from here?
2: Well, injuries are part of football and they happen every year. And, you know, last year we lost 13 kids by the halfway point. Uh, so, I I told our team the other day, I don't want to hear about injuries being a reason we can't be successful. Last year, when we went into the Duke game, we were down 20 scholarship players. Mm. Um, So our injury report right now looks way cleaner than it did a year ago. Um, And this is an opportunity and some of the players got to step up and we've got to play well. and, And this is a challenge. You know, Duke has injuries, you know, most teams in the country at this point in the year have injuries and if that becomes the excuse of why you're not winning, you're never going to win. I mean, there's a, there should be an expectation level in your program that if someone goes down, the next guy's ready to go. Um, and some of those guys on our team last week, quite frankly, weren't ready to go. And, and they learned a valuable lesson from that. And I think they'll be better this week because of it.
0: I know your brain is wired more toward execution than to sentiment. But since Saturday is senior day, I just want to get your thoughts along those lines. For those who don't know, the Deeks finished the regular season at Syracuse. So the final home game is this Saturday against the Blue Devils. When I say senior day, uh, what kinds of stories come to mind as uh, these guys, in many cases, are coming to the at least close to the end of their career with the Deeks?
2: Yeah, David, I, I get much more emotional about that before the bowl game. Yeah. Um, you know, what I love about coaching is the day-in, day-out interaction, seeing them every day for meetings and having meals with them in the pre-games and interacting on the practice field. And because we have seven wins now and we know we're going to be in a bowl, I know I get at least another month or or five weeks with these guys. Uh, So the last home game isn't as emotional for me as the last game. At that point, when that game's over, these kids who have done so much for our program and and really took a chance on us. Most of these seniors committed to us after consecutive three and nine seasons. Um, wow! Yeah. And th- they came here at a time that we didn't have nice facilities and we weren't winning. And um, and probably more importantly, they came here when we probably had a little bit of a divided locker room. Um, we had some guys that had bought in and football was important too and other guys that they had their own agenda and most of these seniors chose to buy in and invest in our program and do things the right way. And, um, you know, they'll be the first senior class to ever leave Wake Forest with four consecutive bowl games. Uh, they're the first class to leave Wake Forest with four consecutive winning seasons since 1948. Wow. So they've accomplished a lot. I'm really proud of them, but we have a lot more meat on the bone and, You know we have a huge game against duke in in 48 hours and then we have another game after that and another bowl game um so you know there's still some history to be written here and you know we we want to finish strong and we're not happy with how we've played the last two weeks but the beauty of this game is we get another game this
0: week the last two games the Hokies and the Tigers actually both remain in contention technically for the ACC title uh, and that trip to Charlotte, Tigers are going. Of course, the Hokies still trying to get there. Your next two opponents look like they probably are not even bowl teams. Um, do you trust your veteran leadership to take that seriously, or do you have to address that? Oh, how, as a How head do we coach? not
2: take Duke seriously? I mean, you know, two years ago we we were in the catbird seat and we were seven and four and on our way to a great year, and Duke had their back against the wall, five and six, and completely outplayed us, uh, out-executed us, um, out-desired us, out-coached us, flat-out beat us. And then a year ago, the tables were flipped. They were the seven-win team. We were the six-loss team with our backs against the wall. And our kids came out and and played a really good football game, and we became bowl-eligible. So uh, our our kids have great respect for Duke. Um, What Coach Cutcliffe has done there, you know, people forget – you know, I, I remember when he took the job over, of, of where they were when he got there, and, and what he's done, and the competitive level of their program. Um, you know, their their kids will be ready to go, and, and they had their backs against the wall in '17, and they won two consecutive games and got bowl eligible, and I know that's a prideful program, so there is they're a good football team, and and you know, talent-wise, it's going to be a great great matchup.
0: Duke at Wake, 7.30 Saturday night on the ACC Network if you cannot get there in person. Coach, have a great senior day. Thanks, as always, for your time here on the David Glenn Show.
2: Okay, thanks for having me on, David. You got it.
0: On Twitter, he is at Coach Clawson. On the other side, we will welcome a last round of phone calls on the NFL, college football, college basketball, NBA, and NHL headlines of the day. We also have along with our three special phone guests today, special in-studio guests. Who knows? Maybe we'll just let these guys take the show down the stretch. What do you think, Darren Vaught? little Brian Martindale, little David Oakley. Get Stephen Moss over here, give him a microphone. David Rich is with us. Haven't seen Mike Cross yet. Is he still in transit? Maybe he's going to meet us at dinner? No, there's another guy. That's Dave Gorn. it looks like. That's Dave Gorin, correct? Uh, yeah, give him a microphone. We're all in big trouble. Where, where Dave Claussen is a guest, Dave Gorin is usually nearby, right? a broadcaster for the Wake Forest football crew, and a good friend of the David Glenn Show as well. We are coming down the stretch on the other side. We'll help you look forward to your TV sports menu options for this evening. We have some final thoughts on today, of course, as well, and you can be a part of it with your question or comment. 1-800-849-2761. That's your ticket in to the David Glenn Show. I don't want those damn dookies rooting for us. They've hated all year long. Let them go right on hate. If the situation were reversed, I
1: would hope they would lose by a hundred. You're in fantasy land if you ever think MC State's going to make it back to the national championship game. So just forget that right now. Go to hell, Carolina. Go to hell.
0: Keeping the peace in NC on the David Glenn Show. Woo! Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. You know that I know who that band is, don't you? Darren fought as we come down the stretch on today's program. That's a little poison. If I remember correctly, Woo! earlier this week, Motley Crew, which had signed documents claiming that they would never tour again, they claimed that they signed a legal document so that their last tour would have that much more hype because then people would believe because they signed on the bottom line, it's got to be their last tour if they all signed the legal the legalese. Well, earlier this week I believe it was Motley Crew, this band right here, Poison, one of the great glam metal bands of all time. And I think it was Def leppard the three of them are getting together and doing some kind of a world tour. I'm not... Well, you got Ste- go to go I that. see Stephen Moss nodding his head. He knows I'm getting the details right. Maybe I'll hook up with the Moss family for the Motley Crew, Poison Def Leppard concert. I don't think they have dates and locations yet. The last that I saw, that news was just from a couple days ago. Uh, as we come down the stretch and we give you, of course, your reminder of your TV sports menu options this evening, we'll be there in person as the Carolina Hurricanes... For the record, my favorite team hosts the Philadelphia Flyers. Yes, my childhood hockey team. I'm taking the guys in studio to this game and I'm taking them out to dinner. That is one of your sports TV menu options. We hope to see you at PNC arena. I'm taking David Oakley, David Rich, Brian Martindale from the Elon 7am tailgate crew. Big tailgate tour, tailgate of the year honorees. Mike Cross is going to join us shortly from that same quartet. Stephen Moss is here. His wife, Susan Moss, from Wilson Tire Pros and Elon as well, is going to meet us for dinner and for hockey. Everybody's going to meet the lovely and talented Maria. So we'll see in person what you can catch at 7 on Fox Sports Carolinas. You also have the Wolfpack at Georgia Tech, remember? Thursday night football, 8 o'clock ESPN. A TNT NBA doubleheader. You've got the Colts at the Texans. Thursday night football pro style and that's with AFC South first place status on the line Carolina beat Elon last night on the hard court it's Duke against Cal up in New York nine o'clock start on ESPN two there are a bunch of other college basketball games NCAA tournament you ready for the word soccer also all over the place Darren Vaught has the call what game do you have Darren I have uh, NC State is hosting Coastal Carolina, the Sun Belt champions in men's soccer. And that's why you are going to miss an amazing dinner with our friends and part of my family and a hockey game Man, you are a hard-working, up-and-coming broadcaster. We will miss you, my friend. We will. Uh, As I say hello to Brian and David and David on my side of the glass, also Stephen is on Darren's side of the glass. Guys, since you donated, I know you don't disclose all terms. I just say it was in the seven-figure neighborhood what you guys donated to Elon on the night of the Phoenix as you purchased the David Glenn Show package a while back is what you've experienced today. I'll ask David Rich to start to my right. Is this whole thing mostly what you would have guessed in terms of what it looks like and how it sounds and how it looks? Uh, or have, have there been a lot of surprises along the way?
1: No, I think it's pretty much how, how I expect it to be. Um, I always think that, you know, David Oakley can can talk somebody's ear off until I sit here and watch you talk for two and a half hours. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah, Oakley has been known to chat up people at the tailgate. He is good that way. Martindale, what do you think? Did you hear that soccer reference? I know you and David are big soccer guys. Do you think we should talk more about soccer on sports radio?
3: I always vote for more soccer. Yeah. Not sure your audience might agree with me. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm like kid in a candy store today. It's Are fantastic.
0: You? Good. You Love got. It. I know you guys all have work obligations, I've heard. It's not like you just sit around and listen to sports radio all day. Um, so who, who would be of the quartet, the famous Elon 7 a.m. tailgate? Who gets to listen to sports radio the most, you think? Mike Cross oh. is not here to represent himself. I think David way. Oakley does. Oakley gets to listen, but you won't call David Oakley. Why won't you call? You keep promising to call, but you haven't called yet.
1: Let's I called, called other week. Did you? Yeah, I told you I had an open invitation to
0: the cornhole game. Oh, that's true. You did. Uh, by the way, there is a famous story about you guys and your connection to Elon football. You have your cornhole game. What is the bottom line if who wins, the Phoenix wins, and if who loses, the Phoenix loses on the gridiron? How does that work? Tony Trischiani told this story, and I'm still not sure I understand it.
3: Yeah, so the myth is that uh, Mike Cross and I are partners. We go against uh, uh, Team Double D, Dave Rich, David Oakley. Right. Uh, and for the record, Mike Cross and I hold the belt. Okay. We, we have let yet to lose this season. I don't think we lost last season either.
0: Is there a physical belt showing this, or is this just a metaphorical belt? No, it's a metaphorical
3: belt. We haven't gone that route yet. (laughs) Uh,
0: That'll be my next gift. Christmas gifts. Yeah, Christmas
3: gifts.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is Brian Martindale. You heard David Oakley. Stephen Moss is on the other side of the glass. Were you guys impressed? I know I see you at every Elon football game. I know you also tailgate before some other Elon sporting events. Were you impressed with what the Phoenix did under their first-year coach, Mike Schragge, at uh, the Smith Center last night? I mean, that was, what, a tie game at the half, wasn't
2: They're it? Up one, up one. Up half. one
0: at the half. Right. David Rich, <laughs> sports radio co-host. That's it, man. 33-32. 33-32. Got to get the facts right. Elon was up on Carolina on the road at the break. I don't know what you guys know. You have new coaches in a lot of places there, right? What would you think about that? Were any of you there or just Mike Cross was there?
3: I think Mike was the only representative of the crew there last night, but uh, very impressed. Coach Strong has got him playing hard. It's good to see,
0: and f- talented freshmen,
3: right? Very talented. Yeah.
0: In that conversation we had about the private universities with really high academics, does do such things apply? Yeah, you know, Elon fits that description, right?
3: Very much so.
0: Makes it hard to win.
3: It. It's. I think every coach would tell you that it's a little tough to recruit.
0: How many members of the Elon 7 A.M. tailgate crew are also graduates of that fine, upstanding university?
3: Uh, three out of four.
0: And were the academic standards that much lower back when you guys were able to sneak in, or <laughs> uh, how has uh, that worked over uh, the years?
3: In my decade, it was uh, a little less stringent. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think the two days would uh, actually.
1: I, I didn't. I didn't have my degree is from Elon College and not Elon uh-huh. University. <laughs>
0: Uh, they, so, and you're all fighting
1: Christians? We were, I'm a, yep, all fighting Christians. All fighting Christians.
0: You have no con- no problem with the conversion to Phoenix, though.
1: All right. Got to know your past you and know where you're going.
0: You guys know those things well, and nobody in the state of North Carolina tailgates better than these folks. Uh, come say hi. The lovely and talented Maria will be at the game tonight. I'm like at the most, the sixth most interesting person to meet if you come find us at PNC Arena at the flyers Canes game. You got David Oakley, David Rich, Brian Martindale, Mike Cross, Stephen Moss, and his lovely wife, Susan. My lovely wife, the lovely and talented Maria, will be with us as well, and I'm probably forgetting somebody, but I'll never forget y'all. Thanks for being with us, and we hope to see you tomorrow on the David Glenn Show.